0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: Making your cat happy is a number one priority. Priority number two is keeping a clean litter box. Fresh Step Outstretched Litter helps you do both. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter traps waste at the surface with less crumbles and absorbs more waste and odor compared to Fresh Step Multicat. Find Fresh Step Outstretch Litter at a store near you today. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates.
0: Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean... It's time time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. now.
3: better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast it's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs we are your hosts Chris Schubert's here floating around producing this thing we're from the draft network and we are brought to you by bet online your number one spot for all your sports betting needs this season you'll find the latest odds matchup info player news and game trends and it is your continued source for all sports wagering information including live betting free contests Live scores and giveaways all season long for any sport that you can think of. So head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B L E A V. It's betonline and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy National Llama Day to you. Llama Day. When's it for? have you have you ever pet a llama? Yeah, free, we go to petting zoos a lot. There's always llamas, and I there's always
2: llamas. Them. When's yeah. the first When's the first time you remember interacting with a llama in your life?
3: I was young, and I was the only thing I can remember is that I was deeply afraid that it was going to spit on me.
2: They brought one into our elementary school one year. Laura, shout out Lower Heidelberg Elementary School in um, Sinking Spring, Pennsylvania. And they brought it into the cafeteria, which was like the most wild thing. Right. There was like the the push doors in the back that led right out into the playground area. I remember it very vividly. Um, And they opened these doors and they brought the llamas in and they made them stand. there was like a 20 by 20 foot tarp in the middle of the the cafeteria, because I just remembered like we were in like fourth grade. You're giggling hysterically because they're pooping all over the place with the little Mm. pellets and everything
3: Mm.
2: and uh, that was my you said llama and that was my early impression childhood memory was the llamas pooping in my cafeteria in elementary school which is the first time i ever saw a llama
3: that's a that's a hell of a story
2: well just try to keep everybody uh on their toes here on a friday here on draft dudes chris you you ever see a llama before
4: I don't have a single llama story that's going to be able to rival whatever that oh. was from you, so I'm just going to – Tragic. I plead the fifth and move on. All right. All right, Joe. What did you have for me? I was going
3: to say uh, Lama Day Zacchaeus. When you said Lama Day, um, it was a good reminder of the Falcons receiver, former Virginia Cavalier, and the amazing Twitter handle that he has, which is Lama because that's how you really? say his name. Oh, Lama uh, Day, yeah. And-
2: I'm, I was uninitiated with his with Twitter handle. It's a great that handle.
3: That is an
4: outstanding handle.
3: Right. All
4: okay. Right. There you Chris go. Chris
3: would would deeply want to start. Uh, what, what is it? Takes on takes. You no, know, see the Friday. F-
4: the Friday show is just anarchy in generals. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. I do have an editor's note here at the top of the show though, because I got oh, I got okay. multiple pieces of feedback. And so I would like to send to the listeners of this show because I know are you, I know an apology, gonna, a I, formal, apology? formal apology, because there are people that yep. sent in the tweets and I know there are people that didn't send in the tweets that felt this way. I failed you as the producer of this podcast on the Wednesday edition of the show because we did the tier maker of the GMs and I did not read the team names for the general managers. And that put you guys in a bad spot. So I would just like to start to show formal apology I messed up, should have done better. I will do better next time. So my apology Thank to you, you, the listeners of the show. And it's that is not in jest. I'm being very serious. I apologize. Is
3: my my guys learn from Zach Wilson. You know what I mean? He steps up, takes ownership. Takes accountability. Him
1: right.
4: <laughs> right. So takes on takes. that tipped, Mr. Schubert. Takes on takes here on the show. We start with a take from Morgan. First take since the live streaming days. That'll get a round of applause. I'll I'll, welcome welcome welcome, you back to the show. Let's go. Now, this is tough because we're recording this on Thursday, and they play in Thursday night football. So we have to do this without knowing the result of the game. Take. The Raiders will make the playoffs. I'm (laughs) selling that take. Selling. I am. Regardless if they
2: win or lose. It's just I think it's too deep of a hole, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, especially with the Ravens, like that's your path, right? You need the Ravens to fall off, or I guess the Chargers to fall off. And well, I mean, even with the they're, schedule they're... with the Ravens, I think they're going to be okay.
2: Right, that's the thing that's working against you. If the Ravens had a really daunting yeah. schedule, but like they're what eight and four? They're eight and four.
3: Yeah, they're eight and four and playing. Yeah, man, you're you're
2: going to need them to go one and. Four. Four over the final yeah. five games to have a shot to crack that or you need the Jets to fall off the wagon which is possible I think. don't think uh, Jets are two games
4: they're two games clear of the Raiders currently
2: in front of the Raiders two games in front yeah of the Raiders, so yes. like it's the the math is just not in your your favor right now and because of that I, I probably fade him
3: who did the Jets play in the AFC West this year
4: who did they play
3: yeah who did they, they played is the Bra- Raiders or Broncos they played the Broncos Okay, so that's already happened. It's a shame you couldn't have a head to head over one of those
4: two teams and beat them. Yeah, no, they they played their game against the Broncos and they are moving on from that game. Gotcha. Um, this take from Sean Black: Take the NFL catch rule still sucks. The NFL should not change the rule every two years. Just come to a conclusion on what a catch is and roll with it.
3: If the ball moves at all on the ground, it's they're calling it incomplete this year.
2: If it moves at all, it's, it's nonsense. It's, I
3: the fact that we're confused over this is is troubling but i it's i'm also amazed by how many plays are close you know what i
2: mean <laughs> like yeah because no <laughs> joe i'm i'm not amazed at how many plays are close because it's like holding you could pull it up on every play if you want to and the ball's gonna readjust as you're reshifting it within your hands that's how
4: physics works
2: there's holding right so, like, I'm not surprised. So let's let's put down the fine-tooth comb. Stop making this shit harder than it has to be. Sorry, Chris. Go no, ahead. Spl- slap me on yeah, today's episode. Good. But I'm like, I'm sick and tired of this. I'm sick and tired of this micromanaging of the game of football that creates this clunky product where you're going to have a catch. You're going to throw the flag. You're going to go to commercial. They're going to come back. Two plays later, they're going to punt. You're going to go to commercial again. And then you're going to... Challenge the spot on anything else in the following possession. It's The game needs better flow. And I think we all know the game needs better flow. And I I certainly feel some type of way because twice on the same possession in the fourth quarter, the Dolphins had catches overturned that I think had very legitimate arguments to be made that they were actually catches. I think the first one was tighter than the second one. I can understand pinned to the side of the helmet and the ball kind of touches the ground and moves. I get it. But Trent Sherfield had one in the breadbasket with his hand underneath the ball. But the ball, as he hits the ground, kind of readjusts in his hand. But you couldn't definitively tell that his hand wasn't underneath the ball. And they still overturned it.
4: I'll tell you what. I don't need. Uh, listen, Dean Blandino, Mike Pereira, John Perry, Gene Steratore, all these people that are the rules analysts for these different networks. They, I love you guys. They but have, stay off my They broadcasts. have a role. And when there's an important decision, like I want to hear from them. But I hear from those guys way too much during the course of, a, of, a, of an NFL game. Correct. I hear them way too much.
3: My my, the catch that I think has been the most egregious this year was the Hunter Henry on uh, Thanksgiving against Minnesota. Right, for that was not a plane. game. The play no, over. But he has to survive it's the ground,
4: marker. Joseph. He has to survive Why? the ground. It's the it's I the can't. it's the Jesse James playoff catch for the Steelers.
0: Right, well, unbelievable.
4: That, that that is sweet justice
2: for yeah, New England horrible. to have that taken off the board when right. they benefited from that all those years ago.
4: Right. It was Jesse James. So I right? guess stay I'm consistent
2: the- with your terrible opinions. Uh, yes, okay. Chris, you are correct. Um, stay consistent with your terrible opinions, I suppose, but yeah, it's,
4: it's, it's, exhausting. Joseph, just play the game, Joseph J. Yes. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago on the show? Maybe it was last week. Maybe it was the week before we talked about vegetables and fruits. Do you remember this? Yeah. I received a DM from the lovely listener. One of the lovely listeners of this show that said that they were uniquely qualified to be able to help us figure this out. And so I have the answer to this question for you.
3: Why, why does it feel like you're talking only to me right because now? Because
4: I already shared it with Kyle. So Kyle knows the tweet. Oh, okay. You're getting – the natural <laughs> reaction is going to come from you. Okay. So Finkel is Einhorn said, not really a take, but since he said take, I'm using it here on the show. But I'm uniquely qualified – I don't know why – to answer what constitutes a vegetable <laughs> and thought I'd help. I'm not saying this in a sarcastic way, but what qualifies something being a vegetable is it grows vegetatively. That means asexual reproduction. They would grow by planting a fragment of the vegetable instead of reproductive seeds. If it has seeds, it reproduces sexually, and it is why it is considered a fruit. There you go. There's your answer. I'm more confused than when we started, but I appreciate the listeners so, of this show answering so questions. So and- <laughs> I take
3: this apple core and bury it and something grows, I have a
2: vegetable? that Dude, I, I don't know i believe no it's seeds yeah because it would grow through the seeds. right it
4: cannot grow through the
2: i think he's saying this the seeds of a vegetable are not what facilitates the growth of a new plant
4: no if it has yeah but yeah, yeah, the I, seeds of a fruit yeah i am i don't know right Craft right. dudes
2: do science it's incredible <laughs> he he, he, g- he gave us an answer he gave us and the we're scientific more confused explanation and we are even more lost yes. yeah this take from, people
3: great. right now are thinking we're such idiots. No, no, no. See, that's, well, we are that's why
4: they love the show, Joe. That's why they love the show. Uh, first time take from David. Welcome to the program. All right, David. Welcome. What do you got for us? First time take. Lamar Jackson won't come to an agreement with the Ravens, and they will tag and trade him to the Jets, who have shown they are willing to be aggressive with training for good players such as Tyree Kill, and they will not want to draft another quarterback knowing they have a team built to win.
2: Sure. It's one of the landing spots that makes sense. Yeah, but I, I think
3: predictively we'll take the field, right? Some other result here. With, I,
4: I would also take the field Lamar. on him going to the Jets, yes. There's just thirty one other options. Yeah.
3: Well, there's not really thirty one other options, you, but
4: th- Thank look at you being literal and hitting me with that. You gotta be kidding me. Well it,
3: it's probably realistically like a, a third of that.
4: Chris, it's, it's it's not that big of a list. It's probably less than that, right? It's probably right. like a, it's probably like five or six at most.
3: It's like the upper quartile, you know. Right. Of
4: oh no, upper, of the upper quartile, upper quartiles. <laughs> this take from Sanderson: the Dr Pepper 100K scholarship contest is fantastic, but they shouldn't be allowed to chest pass. It's a football, not a basketball. Throw it like a football, all the way out on this take.
3: Kyle's all the way in. I am all the way in, and I'm all the way out throw it through the throw whole it however
4: you down. want to try to win 100 grand in scholarship money, okay?
3: When when Patrick Mahomes underhands and sidearms a touchdown pass, it's worth 6 points just like if he throws it overhand.
4: I have heard from a a, a, a good friend told me that they keep score all four quarters no matter how you play the, the game. The whole time. So, no matter how the whole time, no Chris. matter how it goes into that little c- cylinder down at the end, they all count the same whether you throw it mm-hmm. like a football or you chess pass. It does not matter. Yeah. Uh this take from Teddy The 2023 draft class is a weird reboot of the 2019 one. The top QB has stature concerns, an Ohio State quarterback with tools, but bad outside of structure. Could Levis equal Danny Dimes? He has mobility in a similar way, question mark. Carter equals Quinnen Williams. Anderson equals Nick Bosa. There's top tight ends with one maybe worthy of a top 10 selection. What the
2: hell's going on here? I respect the hell out of what he put this together is, here. This is really good. Teddy did very yeah.
4: good here. So Teddy.
2: What the hell? Very good. Take of the week. Right there it is. Take of the week. Can My we guy. get a take of the week? Can that be a thing that we do? We
4: can. And Teddy, you just won the first one. So celebrate yeah, accordingly.
2: Wee woo. Just won first take of the week. <laughs> what does Teddy get?
4: I don't know. He gets a shout out here on the show. No is ride what he gets. for the take of the week. And he's the first one. But this is, this is so good. Like this is, I read this take and I was like, this is that fantastic. Is
2: galaxy brain to the max.
3: My guy put some thought into it. Got take of the week for the
2: first time. Teddy,
4: very good. So, I think we're all in on this, right? Like this is very well thought out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh,
2: Can can I'm sorry. I don't. I don't mean to be tedious. Can you read it one more time just so that I can fully basket all of the layers
4: that he managed to sew together here? Absolutely, and when you're the take of the week, you get the stage for as long as you like, so I'll read it again. Take the 2023 draft class is a weird reboot of the 2019 one. The top QB has stature concerns, an Ohio State quarterback with tools but bad outside of structure. Could Levis equal Danny Dimes? He has mobility in a similar way, question mark. Carter equals Quinn and Williams. Anderson equals Nick Bosa. There's top tight ends with one maybe worthy of a top 10 selection, C Hawkinson. And then he added, this is a simulation. So what did we learn from 2019 that we need to apply to this year's players?
3: Don't touch the quarterbacks.
4: <laughs> and if, and if Jalen Carter is going to be Quentin Williams, he's going to be a good player. Yeah. yeah, but you got to wait two years to get him there, right? right? Well, it, So uh, stay patient.
2: Quinning didn't have that foot thing
3: early on, I think.
2: Uh, yeah, also, bl- so blame, Quinnen, blame the coaching staff. He had easy. Adam
4: Gase coaching him up for a season. So I'm going to be Man, a little... We're, we're only three... You know, we're,
3: you, wow. We're less than three years removed from Adam, Adam Gase being a head coach in the league.
4: Yeah, thanks, Joe. don't need the reminder.
2: You know who you should be mad at? That Adam Gase Peyton Manning. stalled the development of Quinnen Quinn Williams?
4: I blame Peyton Manning. New York Jets. Don't get
2: get mad at Adam Gase. He he only took the job because they called, you know, like.
4: Greg Williams. (laughs) This take from RC take. Brandon Staley is a media creation coach due to his press conference soundbites and hipster Twitter liking that he uses too high coverage. However, he does not offer any schematic advantage on either side of the ball and relies on Herbert to make the team quote right. As such, the Chargers are poised to miss the playoffs all three years of Herbert's rookie contract.
2: I am abstaining from this take until after this weekend.
4: You you don't want to put the negative energy out there. I appreciate that. I, that's very good out of you. I, no, yeah, I, 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 I get d- it.
2: I do not want the hex. Yep. I do not want the hex.
4: No, I get it. I'm not touching it.
2: I'm not going to, so quit asking. I, I
3: think there's some fairness to what he said there. I mean, I would hope that <laughs> I mean, the Chargers, the Chargers, uh, hiring process didn't include that he has cool sound clips and hipster tweets or whatever he said there like they certainly believed in him to be the leader for their football team and i think there was a trajectory there that looked pretty good it seemed like it may have been accelerated a little bit um but i i think there's some truth to what he said
4: Take from Eli take Matt Ryan doesn't bring anything better than a younger hungrier QB brings GMs need to start giving more chances to cheaper, hungrier quarterbacks than guys like Matt Ryan. They will save a ton of money and embarrassment. Stop trying to save your asses and do the right thing. Older QBs bring nothing better except TB12. that seems to be in his own tier.
3: I think there's so many variables. I don't think we can have that conversation in a vacuum. Old quarterbacks bring nothing give every opportunity to young
4: quarterbacks like Philip Rivers was good when he was in Indy and he was an older yeah, quarterback the playoffs in right. position to win a playoff game. Ryan Tannehill is an older quarterback and is getting stuff done for Tennessee. Like it, if you're expecting him to be Tom Brady, then obviously no. But if you're expecting somebody to be a serviceable starting quarterback in the national football league, like there are right. plenty of examples of older quarterbacks doing good things.
3: It can be worse. I think is kind of the the phrase that I keep coming back to. It
2: can be worse. Right, so that's that's the juggle effect, right? Is you got to ask yourself, what is the opportunity cost of a short-term bridge versus a long-term question mark that has more developmental upside, but you know probably less of what they are. Right, and if have you some feel like the,
3: in the room too, right, like right, give your offense a chance,
4: right. This next take—it's a tough call. The layman's terms: Take Chiefs need a new DC. Spags's defenses take too long to come together and are too blitz reliant. Why well, are you blitz reliant?
2: Are they blitz reliant? Is that true?
3: We need to look. We got to look up their. their yeah, we could. Rate.
2: We could. We could do some research on that. Sure. Yeah, I gotta know.
3: I gotta know. I mean, I I've I think there's something every year the Chiefs start really slow on defense and kind of figure it out late. Um, I, I think they've just had this revolving door at corner. They keep like changing those players around a, a ton. Um, they've missed on some of the D linemen that they caught they were counting on.
4: I would love to be able to find according where this to is. Pro,
2: ac- Blitz, according to Pro Football Reference. The Chiefs are tied for 11th in the NFL at blitz rate with 28%. Do
4: you mind telling me where you they're, found they're, that?
3: They're like 2% away from being like right in the middle of the pack. I, I wouldn't call them a, a blitz-reliant defense. If you go to Pro Football Reference, go to team defense.
4: Yeah, that's where I'm at. Oh, scroll down further. Scroll, scroll down. down further. I didn't scroll down enough. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My apologies. Yeah, the, the
2: advanced defensive statistic. Yeah. Here, and it, here's what I would say. Uh, pro Football Reference has a lot of a ton of great stuff that's kind of like embedded. So if you ever if you've never done it, go to Pro Football Reference and search like the macro like leaders by year type thing and just spend an hour oh, just I poking around all the time. You know, it's super easy to do, yeah. but it's like it's not super easily found. And as a result, what you end up getting is kind of these gems of statistics. Uh thankful that Chris already has this week's two truths and a lie locked in so he can't go find some obscure statistic that he can pull for two truths and a lie this week.
4: Dolphins craze says, not a take, but Anthony Richardson would be QB blank in the 2022 class.
2: Wow. Well,
4: he's in, right? Well,
2: he's in now. Yeah. He's, in. he's in now, he's yes. In. Oh, so 2022 class. Okay, so I'm an idiot. Can he pick do Yeah, so there you go.
4: So, yeah, where would he be in that class?
2: Like, by I the by the, the way, first. by I the way, me- you, you,
4: Joe, you mentioned Desmond Ritter. Looks like he's going to be the starter for the Falcons. Yeah, very exciting.
3: Hopefully, he's got enough around
4: him to have a chance. You just you got you got to evaluate, got to see what you got. Even if you grade it on a curve because he doesn't have a whole lot, you still got to get him out there.
2: The reps so, will be good so for him. Yes, I would say Richardson would be, and this is assuming you have Richardson with the resume that he has right now, right? Not at the end of last year when he played in like five games and had like 10 attempts right but if you took anthony richardson's resume right now and you transplanted him into last year's class i honestly think he's qb1 because malik willis was who we had graded Mm -hmm. based on tools and physical ability but you understood that there was developmental upside that are, and and you were leaning into developmental upside. Well, with Richardson, it's the same case with le- a little less playing experience, but exponentially better tools. As far as what he can do as a runner and throwing from the pocket. And I think he's probably more disciplined uh, to stay inside the pocket than, than what Malik is. So just kind of comparing him one for one against Malik Willis, I think he has a number of significant advantages.
4: This take from snappy take Schnappy. draft eligibility should be time-based or snap count based three years or something like 1400 snaps possibly vary by position for reference. Drake may is at 1017 snaps. Marvin Harrison jr. Is at 960 snaps. Hmm. This is better Never than thought of that. This is better than what, what did we have the other, the other day about where they finish in like the all American voting. This is a, this is better yeah. than that. This is a step in the right direction here.
3: It's it's better. Yeah. What's the concern? Like I guess what I would want to identify is what is the reason we have any restrictions on going to the NFL? Is there something fundamentally different about being from being 19 compared to being 20? I mean I no, kind of think there is
4: it's but
3: it's just a Yeah so it's I don't know how you quantify it, it though. It's
4: weird Joe because I'm I'm going to I'm going to cross sport reference here and I'm going to go basketball. But in basketball, right? The the there's an argument of there are kids that are playing high school basketball right now that are 18, 19 years old that could go play in the pros right now and drop 15-20 a night. They just can do it, right? They can they can make the leap from from high school to pro and be a reasonable NBA player. Do we really feel that a kid in senior year of high school can jump immediately to the pros and have any sort of value to a 53 man no, roster? No chance. And so so That's, so your default is that they have to go to school for some sort of time. And so I think once they're in school, should we put a limitation on it? No. Like if if
3: I, This is a good opportunity for me to remind everybody in the world that the Houston Texans would destroy and I mean destroy the Georgia Bulldogs.
2: Destroy them.
4: No, I but Joe, there are people on Twitter who, who said that George. Who did we
2: have? Who did we have this debate with a few years ago, where it was like every year, what freaking happens? Was it? Was there ever a time, like in the time that we've done draft use together, where this debate happened with the Bills? If
3: they could be the team that. Oh yeah, probably back do, do in. Do like you remember? Do you remember that? 17? I feel like that was a,
2: a big, big, big thing at one point. Oh, yeah. it was. Yeah, we certainly we did it with the
4: Jags, right? The the the, the that winless Jags never team, year. one of those teams that yeah, like went never. late into the year without a win.
3: They would kill them. The NFL team will always win by a billion.
4: Probably, I'll take the under. Blood I'll take. I'll take the under on a billion.
3: Has, under- has
2: there has there ever been an NFL t- or a college team, an individual college team, that you felt? Might give an NFL team a chance? No, not a single one. Yeah, and here's point. where I agree with you. Looking at this year's Georgia team and Michigan team, and like the top teams, they don't have all this the stuff, right?
4: There was some. Bama I'm just wondering teams. if there was
2: ever if there was ever a 19 juggernaut college team. Yeah, sure. I mean, we could generally perceive that's one of the best college teams in recent my history, lifetime right?
3: for sure no question
2: the and worst team the in the nfl worst?
3: that year would have killed them all right hold on here. that
2: Let's was the by. cincinnati Bengals, finished with the number one overall pick because they drafted joe burrow in the first overall pick in the 2020 nfl draft
4: okay so there you go
2: has there ever been an nfl team that was so bad that you thought maybe the 2019 lsu tigers could give them <laughs> a game not in the same year with that winless
4: lions team any any of the years that Hugh Jackson was the they coach of the Browns, bad. coaching matters here Put too, me. Joe. Like I think a Saban-led Alabama team could kind of coach a little bit better and, and do some. Mm. I'm I agree with you. I would never pick the college team. I watched I watched Baylor sure play this have year. Positive so. yards. Oh, yeah.
2: Joe's not sure they'd have positive See, I, yards. I
4: can't go that far. I I I I, mm. I would pick the NFL team, but I, I cannot go to that extreme. Tattle take,
2: tattle take. Joe doesn't think the best college team in our lifetimes would have positive yards against the worst NFL team in our lifetime. I'm going to put that in as a tattle take here on takes on takes.
4: So speaking of that take from Bub, take because the Bengals defense is so multiple, the best strategy to attack them is to have two entirely separate game plans.
3: <laughs> yeah. Go to the line every time with two different play calls. Cause you don't know if you're getting, you just don't know what you're getting. I think you gotta you no. Know, you just have to know that, right? It's like you call a pass play. You have zone beaters. You have man beaters. Adjust side adjustments. You gotta be able to win up. You gotta win the line of scrimmage too, right? That's critical, and that's tough because so gotta, when they got Reader out there and Hubbard and Hendrickson.
2: So you got to build in your pre-snap tells, yeah, to get yourself into the right call, and then you got to win the line of scrimmage
4: and go out and execute. That's it. A tough team. Take from Graham, Boston cream is the best donut slash breakfast pastry.
2: <laughs> oh, I don't hate this take. I'm out on this. I don't take. know that I love it, but I'm I don't. I don't hate it. I'm
4: out.
3: It's not even the number one donut.
4: Correct. Peanut donut is number one. Disagree, donut. Donut. Disagree with that part peanut?
3: of the
2: take,
4: but
3: peanut donut, man, unbelievable.
2: What's a peanut
3: donut? It's, it's a donut covered in peanuts. Could like,
4: couldn't God. think of two foods I would not rather have together. Like actual peanuts.
3: Yes. That's bad. You, you never seen a peanut stick. Oh my God. This is unbelievable.
4: Just give me a regular nice glazed sprinkled donut, okay? Sprinkles. Oh yeah. Now like, right you now think they enhance the donut. Like right of course they enhance the donut. Right now if you go into oh, keep it, your, keep your if you go into a place that that you know people run on, I won't, you know, that's as close as I'll get to naming them. They'll do holiday donuts. Like they'll have the, the green and red sprinkles with like the white frosting. It's good. Can can we just interject and acknowledge that a Jelly filled is the donut worst donut of all time.
2: With sugar, is the best kind. No, of it's the worst donut. No. J- bottom tier jelly, UDFA, yeah. not a, not edible. Yes,
4: very good, Joe. I agree with this take. Where do we
2: where do we stand on French crullers? I don't know what that don't is. Know what that is? You don't know what a French cruller is. I have no idea. I
3: mean, on spoke on. Crueler,
2: I, just... I I got it. <laughs> don't don't try to do anything reckless. I'll do it. Can I move on to the next take while we're doing this?
4: I'll take that as a yes. Sure.
3: How is the French cruller different than a glazed donut? Just crinkly.
4: What, what do you mean crinkly? A <laughs> good ruffles or a good chocolate it. donut's good too, man.
2: I agree. Yeah, five year old adolescent Chris out here standing for a
4: chocolate donut. Listen, donuts... You are, only eat the chocolate donut holes, too? Yeah, I do. Donuts are not meant to be an extravagant lifetime, like, food experience. I Just give me something sweet that, that oh, fills me up. some people love them. No, donuts are great, but, like... Love donuts, man. Don't act like this is a five-star meal that we're trying to have here, and it can't be, like, just basic and good. Like, basic, good, sweet. That's all I need. I don't need to be... You
2: ever see this before, Chris? Yes,
4: I have. Those are trash.
2: That's a French <laughs> cool <laughs> Let's
4: take from Countdown Scouting. Take. Russell Wilson... Fails to finish the season with more passing TDs than bathrooms in his house.
3: <laughs> what does he have? He has 12, 12, ba- bathrooms? 12 bathrooms in his house. many passing touchdowns does he I have? I think he's got like nine. Eight. He's got eight. He's got eight. So he needs four more. <laughs> I think he does it. I think he gets there. He's not on a good pace. He's not on pace for it. Yeah, but come on.
2: He missed a couple games. He'll get there. He'll edge it out. He'll finish with 14.
3: Yeah.
4: Okay. Here we are, folks everybody's favorite time of the week
3: oh is, is it is that it, time it's
4: time it's time fighting two truths <laughs> truth and a lie <laughs> the standings entering this week are, are you are you
2: are you gonna have to cut that out
4: no we can keep it it's a copyright violation nah, we can keep it um the standings entering this week and remember we at the end of this month we will declare a winner for 2022 and then starting in the year, who's 20- that gonna be? It's probably going to be Kyle. Uh, in the year twenty twenty three, we will do we will do say it again. We will do monthly, and then every time somebody wins a month, they earn a point. And then at the end, or they'll earn, like, wow. we'll, we'll do three points for the per- the person who wins first in a month, one point for the person who wins second, who gets second, and zero points for the person who finishes third. We'll keep track throughout the year, and at the end of the year, we'll have a point system that will determine who is the winner of two points in a line. What do you get when you win the year? I don't know. Hopefully, the end of this game. You could decide to end the game at any time. So entering this week.
2: Kyle's in first well, place. I'm not
4: getting rid of it at the end of this year. So, we
2: got at least one more year.
4: <laughs> Kyle is the leader right now at 15 and 7. Joe is in second place at 10 and 12. He'd like to tell you that he's actually 12 and 10.
3: Identify as 12
4: and 10. <laughs> and Chris is 6 and 16. Those are our standings here entering the week. And so, Kyle, as the person – As the – 6 and 16. It's not 6 and 10. 6 and 16. 6 and 16. <laughs> Got it. As Got the person it. who goes first, you get to determine – That seems not great. You get to determine the order, and normally you make me go first. Is that trend going to continue here this week on the show?
2: No, it is okay. not.
4: I want to hear Joe go first today oh, on okay. the show. I
2: want right. to he- know what Joe's got cooked up for us today.
4: Gather round. Gather round. Joe, is it better we than a- Joe? Is it better than last week? Are you over last week? Shenanelic yeah yeah, okay. guys- yeah, yeah. I was
3: petty last okay. week. I feel better about my life okay. right now. I'm in a good spot. Good. Glad. Um we're gonna have a new Heisman trophy winner uh, oh, Saturday, oh. right? Yeah. we are. So I have three statements to give you about <laughs> uh, oh, Heisman man. trophy winners. Okay? Listen carefully. One of these is uh not true. Number one, Lamar Jackson's 51 total touchdowns in 2016 were the most ever total touchdowns in a Heisman winning season. 51 touchdowns, 2016, Lamar Jackson, most ever touchdowns in a Heisman winning season. Number two, Cam Newton was the last quarterback to throw for less than 3,000 yards in a season to win the Heisman when he did it in 2010.
2: I'm assuming Maybe. that it's of quarterbacks.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes. It's a good distinction. I just want to make it. I
2: mean, uh, Devontae Smith won the Heisman, and I know right. he throw for 3,000 yards. Right. That's so.
3: fair. And I said Cam Newton was the last quarterback to throw for less than 3,000 yards in a season to win the Heisman when he did it in 2010. Uh, number three, Kyler Murray's 10.68 yards per play in 2018 are the most ever by a quarterback in a Heisman trophy winning season.
4: 10.68. I have my. Yep. I. I. I'm, there's a new approach that I'm taking to this. And I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry in advance. Three is the lie. Lock it in. I'm done. There you go, Kyle. Not helping you at all. Why? I'm because I, I there's if I talk through it, I'm going to convince myself of something else. My gut, when he read the three statements, was that three was the lie, and so that's what I'm going with. Three is the lie. Lock it in for me. That
2: okay? So you've totally boned me here. I'm going to have to talk through this on my own. Joe, can I ask you to repeat one and two, please, one more time? I have the 10.68 yards per play for Kyler Murray is the highest ever.
3: Lamar Jackson's 51 total touchdowns in 2016 were the most ever total touchdowns in a Heisman winning season.
2: Okay. And number two?
3: Cam Newton was the last quarterback to throw for less than 3,000 yards in a season (sighs) to win the Heisman when he did it in 2010. I can tell you all the numbers and years are correct.
2: Okay. So here's what I know. I know there were a lot of historical quarterbacks who won the Heisman who were more option-based players and had a lot of volume. So if there's a chance that Cam won with under 3,000 yards passing. So you're telling me Cam did throw for less than 3,000 yards his final year. He
3: did, but was he the last quarterback to win the Heisman and do it?
2: Okay. So I have to think about recency trends to ask myself if any of the quarterbacks who have won were less, I don't want to say effective, but were less winning as passers than, than what Cam Newton did at Auburn. I knew they ran the ball a ton. And Tim Tebow was before, so, and I don't know what Tim Tebow's passing numbers were anyway, but just piecing this all together. <sighs> Tyler Murray, 10.68 yards. You're telling me that is a correct factual number? Yep. That's a big-ass number. I know that Oklahoma offense had two finalists that year with D.D. Westbrook, I believe, was the other one. Okay. And then Lamar, 51 touchdowns. So I, I think... I actually think that the Kyler 10.68 is true. Because that is a large, large number. My question has to be, do I think it is more likely that there was a quarterback Heisman Trophy winner who posted less than 3,000 yards more recently than Cam, or do I think it is more likely that can or that Lamar Jackson's fifty-one was surpassed by somebody at any juncture in the history of the award?
3: You've thought this out to a point that makes a lot of sense, Kyle.
2: I think that it, I, here's what I remember about Lamar's season. Lamar killed it on the ground. I think he had like twenty touchdowns. Rushing that season. There have been some college quarterback seasons in which you've seen guys go off for more than 40 plus passing touchdowns. Is it possible for one of those guys to have posted modest rushing numbers but gotten more through the air? I I mean more recent Heisman's than Cam that I can remember like Joe Burrow put up big time numbers. Bryce Young, big time passing numbers. Mariota, big time touchdown numbers, passing or big time big time yardage. He definitely didn't Throw for less than 3,000. I think it's more likely that Lamar's touchdowns were beat out than Cam threw for less than, than, than somebody threw for less than 3,000 more recently than Cam. So I'm going to go with one is the lot. Locked in? Locked in.
3: Okay, well nobody guessed number two as the lie, and that's good because Cam Newton was the last quarterback to throw for less than three thousand yards in a season to win the Heisman. Other quarterbacks that have thrown for less than three thousand yards and won the Heisman. Matt Leinart in two thousand really? four, two thousand nine hundred and ninety. That one blew my mind. Jim Plunkett, wow. twenty-seven fifteen in, in nineteen seventy. Of course, Cam at twenty-five eighty-nine in twenty ten. Vinny Testaverdi, twenty-five fifty-seven. Really? That won the Heisman in eighty-six and Troy Smith, 2,507 passing yards Mm. in 2006. Now, we find out who is going to be correct between the two of you. Lamar Jackson's 51 total touchdowns in 2016 were not the most ever total touchdowns in a Heisman winning season. Sam Bradford, 53 in 2008. Wow. Marcus Mariota also had 53 in 2008. And Tebow tied. Omar Jackson's 51 do you have
2: the splits
3: by chance no I don't have the splits I'm sorry uh and then Kyler Murray yeah congratulations 2018 10.68 yards per play the most ever by a quarterback in a Heisman winning season there's only been one other quarterback to have over 10 yards per play and win the Heisman any quick guesses
4: was it Burrow yeah anything Chris no
3: Baker Mayfield (laughs)
4: only two quarterbacks
2: ever how's that for a resume for lincoln riley huh Yeah,
3: i'll tell you i don't know what caleb williams is but maybe he'll he'll be you have three of them that's insane let me check that's
4: a no we gotta know right that's uh that's a dub for kyle correct Chris is just super
2: matter if he's frozen i'm not frozen i'm here yeah it's a it's a win for kyle and uh you know know. okay okay so caleb williams 9.1 yards per attempt
3: it's per play, so it would be rushing. Be
2: uh, he's aver- he's averaging 3.4 yards per rush. Oh,
3: crap.
4: Okay. I'm ready Chris? to be a guesser. Sure. I will go. Are you alive? I am here. Yes. I would be happy to go next, gentlemen, here with my two truths and a line. Uh, pass rush. Getting after the quarterback. The focus for me here today <clears throat> on the show. Okay. and okay. Wosu. The AFC, Jen and the AFC team. <laughs> the AFC team with the least amount of sacks this season is the Las Vegas Raiders. There are only four NFC players in the top ten in sacks this season. Three teams have at least 40 sacks this year.
3: Forty already? That'd wow, that enough. seems like a lot, right? Three okay, teams so already. Raiders least amount of sacks in the AFC, Kyle. I know that Crosby's doing well, but I think that Chandler Jones just got like his first two sacks of the year.
2: I can tell you that the Raiders sacked Herbert five times last weekend. It's probably helpful. That's what I can tell you because I obviously did the research with the Dolphins and Chargers playing this weekend. I know the Dolphins didn't have a lot of sacks. They got more than the Raiders. Um, I can tell you they have 29 sacks on the season.
3: Think there's they have
2: here? uh, here's what I'll tell you about the because I'm doing a whole project because my fan base had this stupid debate about the value of pressures earlier this season. So I'm charting pressures and depth of target and time to throw and pressure percentage uh, for the Dolphins in every game that they played versus the per season average of the teams that they're playing Um the Dolphins pressure percentage went from 43% pre trade deadline to 58% post trade deadline with the acquisition of Bradley Chubb.
4: Can I just Can I can I just stop Can I just stop you guys? I played two lies and a truth this week instead of two truths and a lie. So you both can take the win and move on. We team Schubertson team Schubertson and shambles.
2: No. Let us sniff out the truth. So we gotta find which one of these is true. We got to find. We got to find All the right, truth. All right, this is what I've been trying to I'm do for to, weeks. I'm, listen, I'm just not gonna take the L and move on. <laughs> no, this, oh, no, we can move on. We can for, pivot. for content's sake. We gotta, we gotta stack this thing together. Team, we, we All just, right. we're not which,
4: prepared this week. Team Schubert's gonna have to get back to the drawing board and. How did Chris? How did this? I, I, happen? I know what happened. I know what happened. I wrote down two statements that I liked as lies for the week, and then didn't remove one when putting together the list because I put together a couple and then I narrow it down and I narrowed down the wrong choices.
2: Okay. So here's what makes me feel good. Joe, you and I both heard that there were three teams above 40 sacks already this season. And we were alarmed at how high that number was. Right. I think that's one of the two lies that we now have at our disposal. Okay. I'm with you. Which gives us now a 50-50 chance that the Raiders have the least amount of sacks in the AFC. And the alternative truth
4: is what, Chris? There are only four NFC players in the top ten in sacks this season.
3: I mean, that's that's a pretty proportionate situation, right? It's four out of ten. I mean, five is half. The Raiders don't have a lot of, excuse me, the Ravens don't have a lot of sacks. I can't, no, the Texans, Jerry Hughes has eight. How many more do they have, though? Jack, Yo, like the Jaguars don't have a lot of sacks either. Like Josh Allen, I think, has like two. And Trayvon Walkers has like three and a half. Like, right, like
2: who else are you getting sacks from? There's contenders,
3: though. That's the point, though. There's contenders. There's contenders for that Raiders thing. To be a lie. Yeah, but we're trying to find the truth. The most, the most seemingly true thing is number two. What can we kind of do inventory here? Parsons, I, I'm sure, is up there.
2: Bosa has like fourteen. That's certainly in the top. Just 10. logged two and a half last week. Um. Thinking I mean, about a lot of I'm injured players. I'm, I'm <laughs> right. Um. What about Sedarius Smith? Yeah, he was he's gotta there. be in there. Yeah. Bucks. Burns. I don't think he's got a lot of volume this year. I mean, what 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 do you think qualifies as top ten sack totals right now?
3: Might be like eight. Nah, probably nine. Right,
2: like like nah. nine, eight eight and a half plus. I feel really good being a top ten sack guy. So we've identified Bosa, Smith. Parsons.
3: Maybe it might be. <laughs> it's not Aaron Donald.
2: So the, all all of that leads to me. I I think that that's probably I think I agree with you. That's your more most likely outcome
3: for that to be the true statement.
2: Yes. Like wow. I it, we, we acknowledged at least. At least two contenders on the AFC side of things between Three, Houston, really. Jacksonville, and who was the third? Ravens. Raven. Okay. Okay. I'll 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 ride with two is the truth. All right, I'm with you.
4: All right, so I'm going to put you guys down for for the 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 dubs that you got here. Be- is that because we got it right, oh, or is it because you got the concept? Well, that's because I played three lies and a truth, apparently. Now, looking back at this, probably my worst performance ever in the history of two truths and a lie. So we'll go, What the we'll hell go, is going on here? We'll go through this one at a time here. The, oh the AFC team with the least amount of sacks this season is the Las Vegas Raiders. You guys said that was a lie. That is, that is a lie. The Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cincinnati Bengals are both worse at 19 sacks. The Bengals! Wow, the Bengals! Are you kidding? Okay. How many sacks do they have? Uh, they both have 19
2: Nineteen. What's dead last in the league? Do you have that. Yeah, I do.
4: The Chicago Bears at sixteen.
2: Okay, that makes sense.
4: Uh, the Houston Texans have twenty-eight sacks this year, Joe, because you threw them out as a team earlier.
2: Disrespect.
4: The second statement. So it, this, they got twenty sacks from people not
2: named Jerry Hughes. So here, the, right? Who are? They? Where are they getting? Well, that, or To be whatever. fair, I think Malik Collins got six and a half against Robert Jones and the Dolphins in Week
4: Twelve. So here, let me let me let me look here what you have on de- what they have on defense. Schlapp. They have eight from Jerry Hughes, three and a half from Rasheen Green, two and a half from Malik Collins, two from Christian Kirksey, one and a half the for Jonathan Green. Three and Green. a half, and they're going to log 20. Yeah, they have 28. They have a bunch of ones and a half sacks here. Okay. Yep. The, Bozo behavior. The second statement, there are only four <laughs> NFC players in the top ten in sacks this season. This is kind of half true. So I made a mistake here. <laughs> so, so what happened? I want, no, the people need to respond. I was called the yeah, Zach no, Wilson Award yeah, Association. Is, this, no, this is to yeah, come no, This here. is the worst
2: performance. Chris yeah. is going to get absolutely yeah, that's, that's blasted yeah, that's, for this, that's, as he should. That's fine. I deserve <laughs>
4: it. So, when doing this. There's a bunch of players tied at 10, and I didn't scroll far enough down. So at 10 is Justin Houston, and then there are two NFC players also tied with him at 10. But when you just look inside the top 10, there are only four. It's Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons, Brian Burns, and Darius Smith. So that's what med- led me to write the statement. So it's 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 not true, but you guys were right in asserting that it was true. Okay. Then the last statement. Uh, okay. Three teams have at least 40 sacks this season. That is not true. There are only two teams that have 40 sacks this season. There are other teams that are close. Let me pull it up here. I have to go back a couple of things in the thing. The Dallas, Cow- I am the Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles both have uh, over 40. Dallas has 48. The Eagles have wow. 42. The wow. Patriots have 39. The Bucks have 38. The Ravens have 37. Those are teams that are close. The Chiefs and Jets have 36. So do the 49ers.
2: It feels crazy to me that the Bucks are that high on this list. 38 sacks, given the way that this defense is played for the vast majority I, I of the season. Will break, I will
4: Understand their run defense has regressed, but let me break it down for you. I will lot. take a. That's a high number. I will take a peek here for you. Stand by. Six and a half from Vita Vea, five and a half from Devin White, three and a half from Carl Nassib and Joe Tryon Tryenka, three from Barrett Winfield and Nelson, two and a half from Logan Hall. They've got two from Levante David and Nunez Roaches. Balanced. That's so how they get everybody's got, got
3: a couple sacks.
4: Everybody. Everybody eats. So the Zach Wilson of Two Truths and a Lie performances here on the show today. I'll take that with great honor. I apologize. <laughs> Save us, Kyle. Okay, are you ready? No, not really. I'm kind of. I'm kind of flustered right now. I won't lie. I'm kind of flustered.
3: <laughs> See what happens here. Okay. <laughs>
2: So I cross-referenced these statistics between two places: a pro Football reference and NFLpenalties.com. Our statistics today for two Truths and a lie are rooted in offensive line penalties. Here are three statements, one of which is false. Just clarifying two Truths and a lie, One statement is false. Philadelphia guard Landon Dickerson is responsible for more accepted penalties this season than any other offensive lineman with 10. Statement number two. Rookie Houston Texans guard Kenyon Green is the most bailed out offensive lineman this season with five penalties declined. Or offset by an opposing penalty. And statement number three, the Carolina Panthers are the only team in the NFL with more than one offensive lineman ranked in the top ten for most penalized individual linemen.
3: So they have they have two of the top ten. Is that what you're saying?
2: Correct. They
4: and and the and no other team does correct. One is the lie, lock it in.
2: Chris, part of the bit is you got to talk through it and provide a little commentary here. At least work with – Joe, I kind of want to work with you here and and, and provide a little bit of conversation about this since Chris decided not to for both of his.
3: Chris, are you aware of any any offensive linemen in the NFL that have been getting penalized a lot? Because I'm not. I'm not.
4: not, And that's why I just, just took a shot.
3: So I don't know. Landon, Landon Dickerson has the most accepted penalties at 10. I have no way to validate or refute that.
2: So I can tell you there are, t- th- I can tell you there are two players in the NFL who were flagged a total of 11 times. Now that does not include offset accepted, or decline right. penalties.
3: I I'm inclined to believe that two is true. Kenyon green, um, has been the beneficiary of, of declined or offset penalties. It feels like that just feels true to me. Like you could see teams being like, yeah, we don't really care. We just, we don't, we'll, we'll take the down, we'll lose the down or whatever. Um, and then more Panthers have two of the top 10 most penalized offensive linemen. I don't, I don't have any reason to believe that that's true, but that's a really weird thing for Kyle to bring up as the lie and the other two feel more true to me. So I don't know if it's bait or if it's just the obvious thing that it's like probably unlikely that that's true. That's my thought process. Does it land me on? I need to identify the lie. That's my objective. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, you have very, you have very sound process in all three of your observations. I'll say that. So Chris, jump back in here anytime you'd like. Nah.
3: I, I would I think it's I think and look I think it could be bait, but I think it's the least likely that three is true. Lock it in. So I'm trying to find okay, so. the lie. I'm trying to find the lie. Did I do that? If I think three is a lie, you, then you I've found, identified the lie. You, okay.
2: You have properly communicated what you are trying to convey. That you think number three is the lie,
3: and that's my objective. Because it's the, the lie.
2: least likely to be true. Yes, that is the purpose of two truths and a lie.
3: Okay, that's Chris, my process.
2: You you, you fudging. And, and creating three lies and no truths is going to haunt this podcast on Fridays for the next month. I just want you to know that. Cause we're all going to second guess. Well, and I have plenty of reason
3: doing. to, as somebody who identifies as right.
2: Then poor Joe sitting here, just trying to get his head on straight. He's like Zach Wilson, trying to figure out the playbook. Right. You got jets got to divide it up. See, there's only 10 concepts. You just got to right. run them out all these different I formations.
3: Gotta, I got to play with structure more. You know what I mean? Sometimes I just freelance unnecessarily.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, Rookie Houston Texans offensive guard Kenyon Green is the most bailed out offensive lineman in the NFL this season with five penalties declined or offset by opposing penalties. That is a factual statement. What is interesting about that is Kenyon Green actually out of every player across every position in the entire NFL has the highest incidence of flags as a percentage of flags called against his team thus far this season of any player in the NFL. But he's had five declined and offset. It's over 16% of Houston, Texas penalties are responsible mm. by Kenyon Green. Wow. Philadelphia guard Landon Dickerson is responsible for more accepted penalties than any other offensive lineman this season. He is one of the two players responsible for 11 flags, but he is the one who has had the least offset or declined. He is responsible for 10 penalties. That is solo for first place, one penalty ahead of Ikemi Kwanu and Donovan Smith and Dan Moore, which makes that also a factual state, which means number three is the lie. The Carolina Panthers are the only NFL team in the NFL with more than one offensive lineman ranked in the top 10 for most penalized individual linemen. The Pittsburgh Steelers also have two players. Mm. Dan Moore being one with nine penalties incurred against him, and Kevin Dotson has eight. That is tied for fifth place with several other players, including Brady Christensen of the Carolina Panthers.
3: Wow. So I got it right.
4: You got it right.
3: What's the updated standings?
4: Kyle at 17 and 7. Joe at 12 and 12. Chris at 6 and 18. No movement. Everybody...
2: You know what, Chris? You can't get mad at yourself because you put zero effort into today's. Well,
3: wait. How am I twelve and twelve if I got one right?
4: So you were ten and Wouldn't twelve. Be Thirteen. And you more? were ten and twelve going into the week. Nope. and you oh, got both. right. In my head, I'm twelve and ten. <laughs> Draft dudes do math. Jesus. See, Christ. this is why. So you, wait, I'm twelve and twelve. You, I identify as fourteen and. 12. No, you're not fourteen and ten. I gotta reset. No, you cannot. <laughs> no, you're four. You be fourteen and ten. You're not fourteen and ten. You're twelve and twelve, Joe.
2: He would argue he's I know I know he's, I
4: know he's arguing yeah. that, but that's just not that true. And that's not true, Kyle. I did put in effort. I just put effort in, in the wrong places. I didn't I just didn't double check my work. It's what it is. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad no, at myself. I'm
2: not saying. I'm not. I'm not saying it's your takes. I'm saying your your immediate no, response to both of I our sh- takes was to just throw a dart I, and I'm not s- try to talk to them. Kyle.
4: It. I'm six and sixteen. I had to try something different, so I went with what the gut said this week. We went zero and two. Work work it, it with your work. people. It didn't work. work with us. We're gonna go back to the drawing board. That's the board. point. It, it's on me. I didn't play well this week. I didn't bring the best version of myself to the table. I let my teammates down. We'll be better next week. What do you want me to say? We're late. We got to get out of here. Kyle. Kyle Krabs, Joe and Chris Schubert, thanks to our friends
2: over at Online for their continued <laughs> support of the show. Enjoy the games this week. Come back on Monday. We're back again. Hope to see you there. Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. What more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: Making your cat happy is a number one priority. Priority number two is keeping a clean litter box. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter helps you do both. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter traps waste at the surface with less crumbles and absorbs more waste and odor compared to Fresh Step Multicat. Find Fresh Step Outstretch Litter at a store near you today. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates.